thing is the farmer prepares the soil, all right? Now, I'm, I thought I would have more people that, that said, well, look, I, I understand farming. I've been on a farm, so I may have to explain a little bit more. Does everybody here know what soil is? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what, what kind of level of people I have here this morning. You know, you know, a lot of us just call it dirt, all right? But soil, is that's what a farmer does. And in Luke 13, look at these verses here where there's a story given about a man who understood that preparation preceded the harvest. In other words, preparation precedes the blessing. How many of you enjoy eating food? Okay. Listen, some of the best food is not fast food. It's what kind of food? Home-cooked food. And if you're going to enjoy a nice home-cooked meal, then what do you have to do? Somebody has to prepare it. Somebody has to take the time to buy the ingredients and put it together and put it in the oven or cook it on the stove or put it on the grill and then put it on the table so you can enjoy it. That's the blessings of, of preparing when it comes to that. When you think about the Christian life and preparing the soil, look at this parable that the Bible says in Luke 13. He spake uh, this parable a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Do you get it so far? He's got a fig tree. Anybody like figs? A couple of you do? So he's got a fig tree. What good is a fig tree if there's no figs on it, right? And so he comes, he, he wants to take a fig off of the tree. There's no figs. So notice what he does. He said unto, unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I came, I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? In other words, why is it wasting taking up some of my land if it's not going to produce? Okay. And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. Now again, do we all? Yeah, there you go. So you're going to fertilize it, all right? And so he says, look, just give it one more year. I know it's been three years, and I realize nothing's happened, but just let's just give it one more year. And he says, look, I'll take a shovel, I'll dig around it, and I'll fertilize it. And so here's what happens. If it bear fruit, well, in other words, hey, look, then we got a, we got a good tree, you know? But he says, if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. So he, 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 he wants to give this fig tree another opportunity. Aren't you glad that God gives us opportunities time and time again to bear fruit? So what does the dresser of the vineyard do? He promises, hey, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig around it. I'm going to dress it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fertilize it. In other words, I'm going to prepare it so that there will be some fruit. Everybody with me this morning? Okay. So look at the first thing that a farmer does. If he's going to prepare the soil, the first thing is he has to clear the soil. Okay, almost when you think about this, there are certain parts, especially over in, in the Holy Land, there are very places that are very rocky. Uh, you start to dig, even here, you find a lot of limestone, different rock and things like that in the ground. And and same is true when you're when you're going to farm. If the ground isn't cleared, it's almost impossible to plant. You've got to, got to clear it off. <laughs> Look what Isaiah said, because God actually likens himself 
in the Bible to a vineyard owner who cleared his ground where Isaiah writes, he fenced it, gathered out the stones thereof, in other words, took the stones out of it, planted it with the choicest vines. So God likens himself. He says, look, I want my people, and this is referring to the nation of Israel, I want them to flourish. I want them to, to bring forth fruit. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to prepare the soil. And a farmer does the same thing. A farmer says, look, I want to have a good harvest. So I've got to prepare the soil. We also need to prepare the soil of our hearts. See, sometimes there's, it may not be rocks, but there's things in our lives, things in our hearts that would hinder. A rock would keep the farmer from being able to maybe have the, the harvest that he wants. And God says, look, maybe that's what we need to do is remove things in our lives that would hinder God from working in our lives. All of us could probably think about something maybe in our past, maybe something going on right now that's keeping God from working. And what we've got to do today and every day of our lives is, Lord, help me to prepare my heart to get the rocks, to get whatever it is in my life out of there so that I can have fruit in my life. Is this making sense to you? So when you think about this, look, every when you think about sometimes, I, I even see where you'll see really good, fertile farmlands that sometimes here's what happens is they have rocks in them, they ha there's weeds in them, and our hearts can be the same way, just like those, those fields that are fertile is. Sometimes those things in our lives, they don't please God that they're there. God says, I want you to remove those things, clear those things so that I can use you. See, God can't use us if there's something in our lives. We need to remove that sin, whatever it is, if we want an abundant harvest. And so the first thing we need to do, just like the farmer is, if he's going to go out to a field, he's got to clear the ground. Today, there may be something in your heart, and God says, look, this is, and God will point it out to you, whatever it is, and what we need to do is get that out of our hearts, okay? So what does a farmer, a farmer do? He prepares the soil by clearing it. Secondly, by plowing it. Now listen, a smart farmer understands if he's doing it manually, which many farmers don't anymore, if he's going to use machinery, he doesn't hit the field with the disc when it's still full of rocks because he's going to tear up his equipment. Yes, sir. Are you talking about sin in our lives that Yes. In other words, the Bible talks about the sin that does so easily beset you. Yes, he leaves it there and go, goes get things right. Yes, so again, you know, we tend to a lot of times categorize. You know, like if I could put it into today's lesson, you know, we talk about, well, it's just a little white lie. So in this lesson, it would be, well, it's just a little rock. A rock is a rock. You know, I mean, if you're using farm equipment, a small rock, Jeff, can get up into and stop the rotation of the disc or the plow or whatever it is. So the size of the rock, the size of the sin is sin. And whatever it is in our lives, God says, look, you need to get that out of your life. It's hindering you from having spiritual fruit in your life, okay? So whatever it is. Now, for each one of us, it might be something different. I can tell you this, we're all sinners saved by the grace of God. Every one of us struggle in our lives. And it's so important that we see this this morning so when, when a farmer prepares the soil, what is he going to do? He's got to clear the ground. 
then he's going to plow. Now, when you think about plowing, farmers understand this, that ground that is hard and it's sun-baked, you get the picture in your mind? It's, it's very hard that the, the, even water isn't going to penetrate sun-baked hard ground. So what do you have to do? You have to break it up. You know, you, you, have to, you have to take that hard soil and you have to plow it. Our hearts become just like that hard ground. They need to be plowed as well. Look at Jeremiah says, For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and sow not among the thorns. Hosea said, Break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord. Now what is it that God uses to break up the hard soil of our hearts, the Word of God. You know, I mean, in one place in the Bible, it says that God's Word is a hammer, you know. You think about what God does. God uses His Word because the Word of God can, just like that disc for the farmer or that plow for the farmer, it can, it can go beneath the surface, get into that soil, break up that fallow ground. That's why it's so important that we're in our Bibles. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 4. The Word of God is quick, it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Watch this, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Folks, look, the Word of God is what gets down into, it breaks up the fallow ground. Sometimes our hearts become... You, have you ever met someone that based on maybe their past, you knew it, or they gave testimony that they are a Christian, but they, the way they're living right now, if you didn't know them, you would think to yourself, that person's not a Christian because of the way they're living. You know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know anybody like that? And you, you think to yourself, how can a person be living that way? Because their heart has become hardened. See, things don't penetrate. The Word of God, they don't read their Bible. They're not in church. They're not around the things of God. And nothing is penetrating that hard heart that God is talking about here. And look, as a farmer, we have to understand this analogy this morning that God's word breaks open that hard heart. It allows the seed of the scriptures to bring forth fruit in our lives. But listen, if the soil of our hearts remains unbroken, in other words, if it doesn't penetrate, then we're never going to see God accomplish in our lives what God wants to accomplish. That has to happen in our lives. And this, again, is why we need to be in the Bible, because the Word of God is alive, it's powerful. The Word of God will penetrate our hearts. Look, if we're going to be the farmer in God's harvest, we've got to prepare the soil. Look, we're never going to see fruit if our heart's not right with God. Does that make sense to you this morning? So we've got to prepare the soil. See, it all starts with us. It all starts with me. I've got to be right. Sometimes, you know, and, and I try to do this often, if not every time, when we get ready to go out and knock doors. Many times I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I, as I'm driving out, I'm not saying anything out loud, but I'm thinking to myself, Lord, if there's anything in my life that would hinder you using me today to bring somebody to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Lord, Please reveal that to me. Show that to me. I, I don't want anything to hinder you working this morning as I go out. And, and I pray that many times as I do go out. 
So what am I doing? I'm, I'm preparing the soil of my heart, just like a farmer prepares the soil. Okay, so here we have the farmer. He's got his field, and he goes out there. Well, he wants to plant, okay? But before he plants, he's got to prepare the soil. That means he's got to get things out. He's got to clear the ground. Then he has to make sure that he, 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 now that it's cleared, he can go ahead and start plowing, break up the ground. So notice the second task that a farmer now does is, first, he prepares the soil. Secondly, then the farmer plants. So you think about this. What would happen to seed that you scatter on hard, sun-baked ground? It's just going to wither. It's going to die. It's going to blow away, right? Nothing. It's not going to get in the ground. It's not going to receive the nutrients that it needs from in the ground. It, look, a seed's not meant to be on top of the ground. It's meant to go in the ground. So when you think about the farmer here, to have good crops, a farmer must start with good seed. You have to have good seed. You know the old adage, you get what you, there you go, you get what you pay for. And a lot of times when you think about it, you know, if you're like me, sometimes we're always looking at the price. What's the cheapest one I can get? You know, and you buy that cheap one and it doesn't last. And so sometimes you have to realize that it's very important, especially when you're going to farm. If you want a good crop, you've got to have good seed. It starts with the seed that you're going to put in the ground. Christians have been given, look at this, the perfect seed of the Word of God. Look what Peter says. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth, how long? Forever. See, when, when I look at this, the farmer, first of all, planting the seed, to have the seed is one thing. I mean, what good is the seed if you don't plant it? So when you look at Haggai here, this verse in Haggai 2.19, he made this statement, is the seed yet in the barn? If the seed's still in the sack, in the barn, you're not going to see any growth. There's not gonna, nothing good. I mean, the farmer can go out and he can prepare the soil, he can plow, it, but if he doesn't put seed in the ground, he's never going to see a harvest. See, the reason why a lot of times we don't see people saved, you know why? Because we don't, we don't witness we don't tell people. We don't give out the seed of the Word of God. And if we're not sowing the seed, then we're not going to see any fruit. Does that make sense? So as you think about this, it says here that as you see him planting the seed, the farmer has a responsibility. And what is his responsibility? After he plows, he's got to get the seed into the ground. That's his responsibility so that it can grow. And we have the same responsibility is to get the seed out of the barn to get the seed of the Word of God out to this lost and dying world. Sometimes when a farmer does that, notice that, that there can be circumstances that come up. And I know that farmers love rain because they need it for their crops. But I know sometimes rain will hinder. And sometimes you'll see farmers make decisions. And some of those decisions are, uh, are decisions that are really hard for them because it'll, it'll hurt or help their crops. But I want you to look at this verse in Ecclesiastes 11.4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not what? Shall not reap. You know, how many times here in South Florida they say it's going to rain, and it's just overcast and it doesn't rain? Yeah, just about every day. 
And, and, and then they'll, they'll say, there's no chance of rain today, and guess what it does? It pours down. So look, if we watch things, if we observe things, oftentimes here's what we're going to do. We're going to put it off, we're going to put it off, we're going to put it off, and we're never going to sow the seed. See, a lot of Christians will say, well, I'm going to witness for the Lord when? Well, when, when I have time, when my job changes, when I have... Folks, listen, now's the time. We, we have to understand it's important for us to tell people every day, everywhere we go about the Lord Jesus Christ. We, can't, we cannot be observing the things because it says here, if we observe those things, we shall never reap. We are to not regard the circumstances of the weather. We are simply to do what God has told us to do. And here's the best part. If we do what God has told us to do, then we can certainly, as his children, trust him to bring the harvest because God's promised to do that. See, God says, look, I just want you to go. I can't win a person to Christ. But what I can do is I can prepare my heart, and then I can go plant the seed of the Word of God. God's given us His Word. It's no good in the barn. We've got to get it out to this lost and dying world. Look at General Stonewall Jackson said, duty is ours, the consequences are God's. I think that's a great statement. You know, because the Bible says, that God gives the increase. We need to be faithfully sowing the Word of God. Paul did that. Paul described himself as a planter in 1 Corinthians 3, 6. He says, I have planted. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Let me put that into uh, an example. That would be like if I was Paul and Brother Flynn was Apollos, and I knocked on the door, and I began to share the seed, the Word of God, to a person at the door, and they didn't get saved, so what did I do? I planted. Then Brother Flynn, about maybe a couple months or a year later, he runs into that same person not knowing that I had been to their house. Brother Flynn starts talking to them, maybe in a restaurant, and as he's talking to them, he is sharing the same thing that I shared with them at their front door. What is he doing? He's watering. Now, I can't win them to Christ. Brother Flynn can't win them to Christ. But look at this. If we are faithful to sow the seed of the Word of God, guess what's going to happen? God's going to give the increase. See, what does a farmer do? He prepares the soil, and then he plants the seed. And you know what he has to do? Wait for God to do his part. Right, Brother John? He has to wait for the corn to start to rise out of the ground. He has to wait for the beans to start to come out of the soil. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, it, to me, it would be hard to be a farmer because you do your part and then you have to wait on the rest. You have to wait on the fruit, wait on the harvest. And God says, look, I want to use you. Paul was one that understood that he could not control the harvest because it was God that was in control of it. God was the one that gave the increase. Paul was what? Faithful to plant. We need to be faithful. Everywhere we go, give out the word of God. I've always appreciated our church because many of you do go out with us and some of you probably can go out with us and those that can't maybe because of work or health or whatever do take a lot of the gospel tracts that we keep out at the church. Listen, take those with you. Give them out like they're candy. I mean, everywhere you go, just hand those to people. Can I give you some good news? Listen, folks, they, they, there's a minimal cost for us to have those, but it's well worth it because God has promised to bless his word. And the, the, every one of those has the gospel on the back of it. And as we give those out, we're being faithful to plant. 
Tell, tell your family and your friends and your co-workers and, and anyone that you come into contact with about the Lord. Invite them to come to church. Some people, listen, this is the way I was. Some people, when they hear the gospel the first time, they will not respond to it. I mean, there's very few people that the first time I talked to them, that right then and there, they got saved. That's why it took me three years, hearing the gospel over and over and over again. But as you think about this, if the, sow, if the seed is never planted, if somebody never, if, if, if my wife would have never told me about the Lord, I wouldn't be saved today. And if we don't plant the seed, if we don't sow the word of God, then we're never going to see a harvest. I hope this is making sense to you this morning, because when the farmer plants, notice he plants the seed. Secondly, then he has to prune the crops. See, this is something that, uh, this is probably the part of farming that a lot of farmers don't even like. Because as they have planted the seed, then the farmer has to care for it. I remember when I was a kid, my grandpa, he had, he had two lots. His, he, he had a, a double-wide mobile home trailer on one, one half of the acre. and the other half of the acre, uh, he had a, a detached garage. And he, he would keep a garden probably about... Um, Oh, I think it was maybe a quarter of the acre of that property. And my grandpa would plant a garden there. And he, what he would do is, as he planted it, we'd go out on Sundays. And we, my sister and I, my youngest sister, we'd always go to the garden. And, and my grandpa, on the ends of the rows, he kept, a, he kept a, a little tag or something of the seeds that he planted. So you could go to the row if you didn't know what it was. And it had a thing on there, tomatoes corn you know now we just got to where we didn't have to look at those tags we knew what they were you know I mean I, I, I we didn't have Walmart back in that day you know life before Walmart you know and and so so we would go down those rows my sister would always go down uh, to to the uh, the row with the turnips yeah that's why I was brother Tim I'm like seriously and she'd go over the, my sister she wouldn't admit this nowadays she'd go right down that row between two rows and she'd, she'd pull a turnip right up out of the ground, and she'd just dust it off like that, and <laughs> just like that. And, and, and while she was doing that, I was two rows over where those things said radishes. And I'd go down the row with the radishes, and I'd pull a bunch of radishes out of the ground, and I'd do the same thing. I'd rub the dirt off, <laughs> right off them. And, and that's what we would do. But, you know, when I would go, here's the thing with my grandpa. My grandpa, as we went down those rows, between the rows, there was nothing but freshly broken up dirt. Now, I knew some people that had places around my grandpa's, and between their rows, you couldn't even see the dirt. There were so many weeds and things growing up between there. It was amazing. And, and, and a lot of times what happens is, the seed has been sown, it's been planted, but you have to care for it. See, when, when, when you first share the gospel, remember, people don't get saved the first time you witness them. That means you have to go back to them again and again. Does anybody witness to a friend or a family member or somebody over and over and over again? You know, you have to go back again and again and again. And that's what a farmer will do. He will care for it because weeds will strangle the seeds and they rob the plants of moisture and the nutrients. These weeds have to be taken care of. They can, and when I think about this, Roman, weeds are just like those stones. They can sprout up in our lives. What are some weeds? Maybe our attitudes, 
maybe a thought that we might have or some thoughts that we might have. Uh, Maybe it's uh, actions that we have or bad habits. Look, whatever it is, just like those weeds, they're going to strangle our lives. They're going to hinder God from working in our lives because God's Word provides all the nutrients that we need for our lives to grow. When we sow the seed, when, when we're starting to share the gospel with other people, look, we need to make sure that it's being watered and that we're, we're caring for it by getting the weeds out, trying to help people understand that Jesus warned of this in Matthew 13, 7. Look at this. He said, some fell among the thorns and the thorns sprung up and did what? Choke them. That's what happens. He explained how the seed is choked in our lives. Look at Matthew 13, uh, 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. See what happens with the, when the weeds come and we don't get the things out of our lives that are there. That Look, we've cleared the rock. Yeah, we've got the seed in the ground. We're waiting for a harvest, but we've got to care for what we've planted. We've got to spend some time with those people. Look, I'm glad that my wife didn't give up on me. I'm glad that she, she put up with my attitude during that time because I was trying to take a stand for something that, that I thought was right and, and I wasn't going to let go of tradition and the things of men. And she was, she was sowing the seed and then she was caring for that seed that she had sown. Why? Because if she didn't, then, then something was going to choke out what she had been sharing with me. And as we look at this pruning of the crop, it's so important that we see the vitalness to this is many times we have pursuits in our lives that are choking out the Word of God. And we need to allow God, when that happens, an opportunity to prune us. Now, a lot of times we think it's a negative thing. But I want you to think about this. Removing things from our lives is going to help us. It's going to make us more fruitful instead of fruitless. Look what the Bible says in John 15. Jesus said, I'm the true vine, my father is the husbandman, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, look at the ones that are bearing fruit, what does he do? He purgeth it. See, God says, look, there's times in your lives that I'm going to have to prune you. I'm going to have to trim you up. I'm not doing it to hurt you. I'm not doing it because you're doing anything wrong. He says here, he says, the ones that are bearing fruit, he purgeth it. Why? That it may bring forth more fruit. He says, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Pruning is essential in a good harvest. And God uses his word to purge our lives, to prune our lives, to shape us, to mold us so that we can be more fruitful. And, you know, when I asked that question earlier, I said, how many of you want to have fruit in your life? Hands went up all over the auditorium. And God wants us to be fruitful in our lives. He wants us to to have a harvest. And so these tasks that God gives to us, what does the farmer do? If we're going to be a farmer in God's uh, harvest, we've got to prepare the soil. We've got to clear things out of our lives. And then we we need to plow. We need to break up the fallow ground. And then the second thing is, is that the farmer plants. Notice the farmer's planting the seed. But once he plants a seed, he's got to care for it. All right? So then look at the third thing this morning, and this is, this is the wonderful part about this. If we have prepared the soil and we've planted the seed, then look at the third thing. This is the third task. The farmer possesses. 
he possesses. Now, harvest time, it's a wonderful time. It, when, when you think about many times the fall season, that's what, the, that's what it means to the farmer. It's the reward for all the months that he spent preparing the soil, planting the seed, uh, taking time to care for it after all that work. I mean, how foolish would it be for a farmer to do all of that and then not gather in the harvest, right? I mean, listen, he did all that work. Why not enjoy the, the blessings of all that work? And that's what the harvest is. God in our lives wants us to understand too that we can gather in the harvest. So notice, first of all, that the time to harvest is now. It's not later. People say, well, listen, I'll get to it. No, God says right now. The Bible tells us that the fields are white already to harvest. You know what that means? That they're ripe. People are ready. So, boy, Pastor, I've talked to a lot of people and they don't get saved. Yes, listen, not everyone will, but there are some out there that will get saved if we sow the seed. Look at John 4, verse 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth, look at this, he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth, another reapeth, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. See, it's a wonderful thing. We're in this together. As a church, we are, we are trying to reach Pembroke Pines and Miramar and, and, and the United States of America and around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus in his day, what is he, he was trying to get his disciples when he said, look on the fields. He wasn't telling them, hey, look at that field of corn over there. He was trying to get them to lift up their eyes and see the world as he saw it. How did Jesus see the world? Lost. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save what? That which was lost. That's everyone. Everyone is without Christ. And look, as you think about this, Jesus is telling his disciples, God's telling us today, the time for us to sow the seed is right now. Be a farmer in the harvest of the Lord. It, he says the fields are white already. You know what happens? to A farmer understands this. There's a limited amount of time once things are ripe to get that in out of the field. Because if you leave it in the field, what's going to happen to it? It rots. You've got to get it out of the field. And I've seen this many times when we lived in California even that uh, a lot of times what farmers do is, they, I don't know where they go, but they find people all over the place and, and they, they like quadruple the, their labor force when it's harvest time. I've seen, and of course nowadays it's different than years ago, but they, they have these big tractors now with, with lights on them. They, and they, they'll, they'll be out there 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night because they're, they're trying to get the, the crop in. They're trying to get the fruit out of the field Farmers understand the urgency of the harvest and what you need to do in your life, just like I need to do in my life, is we need to ask God to, to give us a greater burden, an urgency. Look, folks, I understand this. If you're saved today, guess what? You have a home in heaven. But you cannot shift it into neutral as a Christian and say, 
bless God, I've got my ticket, I'm ready to go. I don't care what happens. That, that is not the right attitude for a child of God. A child of God ought to say, listen, while God's left us here, and until the Lord comes back, I'm going to be faithful to sow the seed of the Word of God and try to reach people before it's eternally too late. Some of you have friends, family members, co-workers, neighbors that still don't know Christ. Do you realize, and I know you've thought about it, that if someone doesn't reach them before it's eternally too late, their opportunity to go to heaven is gone. We need to reach them now. The harvest time is now. But notice, secondly, the harvest time brings rejoicing. Hey, it's a wonderful thing when you see people saved. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I hope in your life you've had an opportunity to lead somebody to Christ. Outside of watching uh, God give me children and see my children naturally birthed into this world, I can't think of anything more exciting or exhilarating than seeing a person pass from death unto life. It's a wonderful thing to see somebody get saved. And the same is true when you think about the harvest. Look at Proverbs 13. The desired accomplished is sweet to the soul. You know, just seeing the harvest and seeing the fruit of our labors, seeing God's divine order work. I know that may not be a good word for a lot of people, but work precedes blessings. If we're going to put in the work, if we're going to work in the fields, we're going to rejoice in the end the toil that we invested, all the hard work, all the long hours, all the staying up with somebody, talking to them about the Lord, listen, all of that will seem minuscule compared to the reward one day. Look at the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Galatians 6, 9, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So what are we to do? We're to faithfully sow the word of God. And if you are, then you know what you're going to do. You're going to expect that you're going to rejoice. You're going to be excited about what God is going to do. God's going to give the increase and he will use us. This is the best part. As God gives the increase, he uses us to gather it in. See, we have an opportunity to see people saved and invite them to church. What a privilege it is to be preparing the soil, planting the seed, and then working it, caring for it. And then notice we see this matter of gathering the harvest while there's still time. So listen, I, I don't know about you, but farming may be foreign to a lot of you, but I hope you understand that God likens us in the Bible to one that is a farmer in the field of the Lord. And I hope that's, that's your heart today is I want to help somebody come to know Christ before it's eternally too late. May God use all of us to do that, all right? Well, 